Minnesota Wild look to make it three wins in a row for the first time this season tonight at 6 p.m. when they square off at historic Madison Square Gardens against the New York Rangers at 6 p.m. on Valley Sports North. This is the Wild Minute with Troy. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to say it right at the top. Follow us on Instagram, Wild Minute Troy. Stay up to date, enjoy the memes, follow along, and be ready for every wild contest as it comes your way. Before we go ahead, let's look back again. If you haven't listened to my podcast from yesterday, we uh, posted shortly after Billy Gearin was done wheeling and dealing. He made two trades just 12 games into the season. It's not March, folks. It's not trade season. But Bill Gearin, to quote him, said, I had seen enough. So what he did was he traded Kalen Addison to the San Jose Sharks for minor league forward Adam Raska and a fifth-round pick in 26. And then not long after, Billy traded the seventh-round pick in 25 for Tampa Lightning defenseman Zach Bogosian. We uh, broke it down yesterday on the podcast, but Cliff's notes, 6'3", 231 pounds, gives the team more edge, gives the team more weight, gives the team more size, and should help on the blue line, he most likely will settle in uh, long-term with the Wild this year on that third pairing. Uh, tonight, we expect him to be alongside Damon Hunt. But once uh, once once Spurgey comes back to the lineup, whenever that is, and we'll get to that in a second, when he comes back healthy, he'll be reunited with Middleton, and Mermis will likely go down to that third D pairing with Zach Bogosian. The Wild are coming off a solid 4-2 win Tuesday night against a really good Islanders team that had recorded points previously in their five straight games leading up to their Wild game. The Wild scored seconds into the game when Patty Maroon put the team on the board with his second goal of the season. They fell behind 2-1 early in the second uh, period, then clamped down and I think played 30 minutes of the best hockey they have played all season through 12 games. Uh, It was really uh, enjoyable to watch that second half of the second period and all the third period the way they did. Just the defensive, the defensemen stayed structured. They got the pucks out of the zone quicker than they had been. They were crisper. The penalty kill was even working well. And it just, it just looked like the wild team that we had expected to open the season just a few short weeks ago. Vinny Letiri, of course, tied the game 2-2 with his first goal in a wild uniform. Then in the third period, this was fun. The wild, whose power play has been struggling, we've documented it well. Um, Kirill got his fourth goal of the season, a power play goal, to give the uh, wild a go-ahead. And just 40 seconds later, if you haven't watched it, go find it, whether Bally Sports North replays or on, it's on Twitter as well. But Pat Maroon entered the offensive zone, chasing the puck, facing two New York Islanders, threw his weight around, had a physical battle one-on-one, stole the puck, immediately saw Erickson Eck at the corner of the net, flipped the pass over to Jewel Erickson Eck. He one-timed it. All of a sudden, it was 4-2. In a span of 40 seconds, it was a good 2-2 battle that looked like it was going to go down to the end, which you never like to see on the road because the home team often prevails. And then in that 40 seconds, the Kaprizov power play goal, and then the Erickson Eck goal, which was all because of Patty Maroon's grit, 4-2 game over. And you could tell the momentum changed. It was over. The Wild clamped down for the final 10 minutes, and... uh They got themselves their first two-game winning streak of the season. Now let's make it three, right? A couple good vibes to highlight. I've been mentioning Maroon. You know, when when Billy signed him and he was actually the the biggest headlining uh, offseason move the Wild made, it was kind of 
treated with the action reaction it should have gotten. It's like, well, they got a guy just like Ryan Reeves. He'll skate on the fourth line. He adds a little uh, grit to the team, and he's a good fighter. He's an agitator. But he's so much more than that in just 12 games. No, he's not a prolific scorer, but we can't ignore the fact he has two goals and seven assists. We can't ignore the fact that he literally put the nail in the coffin against the Islanders when he won that puck battle right in the slot facing two New York Islanders and then spotted Jeek right away in the right in the crease and just all of a sudden it's 4-2 game over. You can't ignore that kind of stuff. You can't ignore his edge. You can't ignore the leadership he's been on this team. He's provided this team. He went from the fourth line. Boldy gets hurt. They move him up to the second line, which I still stick with the fact that if this team is going to be successful, Maroon is going to be a bottom six forward. But that's not an insult on him. That's more of my analysis of no NHL team can be that successful if Maroon's a top six forward. That said, as a bottom six forward, He can really give the team some depth, some strength, and some punch. And right now, how can you not like the third line? How can you not like the identity line um, that Erickson Eck is centering with Moose on one side and Maroon on the other? This isn't just a checking line. It's a physical line. It's a gritty sandpaper line, and they're going to get their share of goals. So I hope they stay together for a while. I hope they stay healthy because this could be a fun season to watch that group play together. Bad vibes, Krill's still not Kirill. Um, We touched on it in a couple of previous pods. I'm not going to try to go over analytical on the bit here. He just isn't scoring with the frequency he has in the past. He's not hurt. He certainly is pressing. His turnovers are a concern in both the offensive and the defensive zone. And there are just times where he skates in one-on-four and he tries to make some kind of move you'd make in practice that, yes, Kirill sometimes can make that. But when you're one-on-three and one-on-four, you have open teammates, no doubt about it. Kirill's going to solve this. It's going to work out. But it's 12 games into the season. He has four goals, which is meh. He needs to turn it up. He's on a line with Rossi and Boldy. We got to see that start developing. Tonight's lineup, no changes in forwards. We won't even go through it because you know it. And then defensemen, Brodine and Faber, of course, are anchoring it until Spurgeon comes back. Middleton and Mervis are that second pairing. And then Damon Hunt draws in tonight with Zach Bogosian. And that means Johnny Merrill goes up to the press box at Madison Square Garden as a healthy scratch. Yes, I mentioned Spurgeon again is not in the lineup. For about a week now, we've been waiting and expecting him to be back the next game. And the next game is in quotes. He practiced all last week with the team. He skated this week with the team. He's on the road trip with the team. But this morning, Evison said, well, he wasn't committal, but he wouldn't even confirm that he'll play Sunday when they get home against Dallas. So here's my theory. He's day-to-day. He's not progressing as fast as they like. If it was the end of the season, he'd probably draw in tonight or tomorrow against Buffalo, certainly Sunday at Dallas. But... After the four-game, six-day stretch ends Sunday night, the Wild play two games in 11 days. They have that weekend back-to-back in Sweden, two games, 11 days. Why wouldn't you, if you're, if you're holding Spurgeon out tonight, probably tomorrow, why would you rush him back Sunday for four or five days off before he plays again in Sweden? It could go two ways there. You could try it out, see how it goes. Then he has five days to recuperate. But if this is a if this is any kind of a head injury or a concussion injury, all we know is it's upper body. 
We know when it happened. It was when Chicago cheap shot him in the back with a cross-check into the boards. Could have been boarding, could have been cross-checking, could have been a five-minute major, could have been a disqualification. Um, but we don't know. If it's a concussion, you wouldn't want to just kind of dip your toe in the water. you got to make sure he's ready, which would lead me to believe he won't be back until Sweden. More on that as we go. No confirmation on that, but it certainly is still something to keep an eye on. Finally, Flowers in net again. Why wouldn't he be? This is his second straight start, his third straight game when he came on in relief last Saturday night against the New York Rangers. Flower now is 3-2-0, 2-6-9 goals against, still dropping, which is good. And his save percentage is slowly going down too. That's at 899. Uh, this is the right move. You got a back-to-back. There's a lot of debate on Twitter after Tuesday night's game. Who do you go with uh, Thursday and who do you go with Friday? I thought you should go with Flower. Stay with the hot hand. Um, the Rangers scored those quick three goals on Gus the other night, so why throw him into this lion's den? Save him for Buffalo tomorrow night. That's exactly what Everson confirmed today. Flower and net tonight, the Gus bus tomorrow in Buffalo. Injuries, nothing to update. We touched on Spurgeon, Freddie Goudreau, upper body, Alex Goligoski, lower body, both out week to week, and we will see how they progress. Wild. At Rangers, 6 p.m. tonight, Valley Sports North. This is Wild Minute with Troy. We'll talk to you.